What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. Today's episode was fire. I literally just stopped recording, but this was a great episode because I split the two concepts of fat storage versus fat burning. And I broke it down. On the one hand, how do you become a fat storer or how do you avoid storing fat? On the other hand, how do you become a fat burner? So I talked about both sides of the equation, things that we can do to optimize fat burning and to reduce fat storage. I just got back from Orlando over the weekend for the NCI event for Coaching Mastery. Uh, Jason Phillips, my good friend, mentor, business partner, put on an absolutely amazing, amazing event. We had an epic announcement as well that I'll just say it here. It's all public information at this point um, that I am joining the NCI team as a part owner. That doesn't impact my relationship with Pop. Pop is still my baby and everything in this community and this family that we've created is still. And and actually the Pop family is is a huge, huge reason why this happened uh, or why I had the ability to make this happen. But I'm super excited about it because it helps carry our mission even further, which is if we truly want to impact as many lives as possible, if we truly want to help change the coaching industry, the diet industry, we need more quality coaches. And NCI does that better than anybody else. NCI is a certification. They have a certification, they're level one, that I require all of my coaches to go through. Uh, I require two certifications, my own, which is the neurotyping cert, and NCI level one. I've believed in that since day one, and that's always been the case even before this partnership. Uh, But they also teach business coaching better than anybody else out there. And this is another area that I'm super passionate about because I have been through so many shitty programs. It's not even funny. I have seen the worst of the worst. I have been pitched by the worst of the worst. And to have somebody like Jason who does it the right way, who's had a successful coaching business and now has a successful coaching mentorship business, like it is an amazing thing. So In order to carry the mission forward, we need more quality coaches out there. We need coaches who know how to coach, but we also need coaches who know how to build their business because if they are growing and impacting more people, that is going to come as a result of being business savvy and knowing what to do and not falling for all of these bullshit marketing tactics. So anyway... Amazing weekend. Super grateful for everybody, uh, you know, the NCI team, the NCI family, everybody there, everybody who attended. If you listened to the podcast and you were there this weekend, hopefully we got to connect. Hopefully we at least got to, you know, say hi to each other or whatever. And I will be more involved in all of the events moving forward. I was one of the presenters. Hopefully you enjoyed that if you heard it. Um, if you want to get involved in, you know, NCI, if you need, to step up your education. If you need help growing your business, uh, just hit me up. I'm, I'm happy to give you all the details of that. Otherwise, we can just jump right into this episode. Again, we talked about how to be a fat burner, not a fat store. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Tag me as always on Instagram at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner and enjoy the episode. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in to another podcast episode, Facebook Live. We could just call it a training session 
whatever you want to call it, we're here. I've got some people joining me on the live feed. I've got you listening to me in the podcast or whatever podcast app you listen to. And we are talking about how to be a fat burner, not a fat storer. So I'm making a bold assumption here. I am assuming that your objective is not to store body fat, but your objective is to burn body fat. Now, if that is not your goal, then there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. However, that is what we're going to be talking about in this episode. First, I am going to tell you all the things to do if you want to store body fat or if you want to be more prone to storing body fat. So you can listen to all of those things and not do them if you don't want to store body fat. And then part two, we will be discussing and I'll be going over all the things that you can do to optimize fat burning. So if you want to get leaner, if you want to get more toned, if you want to improve your body composition, typically you have to burn some body fat. And I'm going to go over all the things to do uh, to make that happen. So just as a quick note, I recently got back from a trip to Orlando over the weekend. So I apologize if my energy is not super high. I definitely did some things to my body that I don't normally do in the amount of alcohol that I consumed, the lack of sleep. Um, it's one of those things where when you do an event like that, and I was one of the speakers and presenters, and it's just this massive adrenaline rush. And somebody like myself, who is a type 2A, I am adrenaline sensitive. So anytime I get that increase in adrenaline, it's like I can't shut my brain off. I'm so amped up. But then you hit this wall, you get this adrenaline dump. Adrenaline is not supposed to be activated for all that long. So when it's activated for an entire weekend, you hit this wall and there's like this big adrenaline dump. You feel like you just got hit by a bus and you need this like massive recovery. So today is supposed to be a recovery day. Um, yesterday, I was supposed to recover as well. I did finally get some sleep last night. So we're on the right track. But for anybody who is adrenaline sensitive, we have to be extra careful about uh, you know, just the overall output of stress in a short period of time. Because like I mentioned, adrenaline is not supposed to be activated for uh, like 72 hours. It's really supposed to be activated for a very short period of time, like like a couple of hours, and then we turn it off. But you know, we got to gotta use that information to make better decisions in terms of getting enough sleep, eating adequately, uh, and, and just prioritizing recovery after the stressful weekend. And it's not, you know, it wasn't stressful in the sense that um, it was a negative kind of stress. It was a, an exciting weekend, but I was, you know, amped up the whole time. So that is my caveat. And we're going to talk about that actually. So first I want to explain some of the things that we do that lead to more fat storage that make us more prone to accumulate body fat. The first thing that I want to talk about is your total calories. So there's really two things to look at here. Everybody assumes that if you are storing body fat, you're just overeating. So if you are eating in a surplus, it is likely that you will store body fat. So if you are just eating too much in general, or if you are inconsistent with the amount that you're eating, you're eating you know, an adequate amount on some days, but too much on others. And the net average is that you are in a surplus, you will likely accumulate some body fat. However, most people don't talk about the other side of that, which is chronically under eating can actually make you more prone to store body fat. So 
if we look at what happens, and I'm going to talk about two of the most common situations, you know, to provide an example here. If I am somebody who, let's say I want to lose fat and I decide that I'm going to go on a low calorie plan, what we see happen is that our metabolisms are so adaptive and reactive that as we start our fat loss plan and start eating low calories, we see these metabolic adaptations occur over time. Over time, we see an increase in cortisol output. Over time, we see potential insulin resistance. Over time, we see the um, lowering of sex hormones. Over time, we see uh, reduction in thyroid hormones. So essentially what that looks like is high stress hormones, low sex hormones, low thyroid hormones, aka your metabolism has downregulated. To protect you, your body becomes like a sponge. Actually wrote a post about this. Your body becomes like a sponge where it's going to absorb any extra calories. So this is often why we see the weekend warrior struggle with body composition. And I'm raising my hand right now because that was me for a very long time. I was so restrictive during the week and so indulgent during the weekend that it was actually making my body composition worse. Even though I was eating in like a probably 1200 to 1500 calorie deficit during the week, I was over consuming on the weekend and I was creating this environment where my body was just storing everything in excess, like anything that I was eating in excess, I was storing. So the first thing that helps or that kind of leads to more fat storage is being very restrictive in your approach or being very up and down, like super low calorie days and super high calorie days. Now, the cav- like I, there's an exception to that, which is if it is more structured, I've worked with individuals who do prefer like one kind of free for all day or even two. If it's structured and it's not so extreme, like you know you're you're on one end of the you know pendulum and then totally on the other um it can actually work as part of a well structured plan but for the most part people don't do that right more common is what i did when i was dieting which was i went really hard in one direction and then really hard in the other which will be which will lead to um you know fat storage because of what you're doing to your metabolism because of the fact that you are down-regulating your metabolic rate. So your new maintenance, essentially what you're doing is you're taking your supposed maintenance where you should be at maintenance and you're lowering that number. Um, there's also going to be an impact on um, you know, actual, the hormonal kind of chemistry, for lack of a better word, that leads to more fat storage. So if I want to be somebody who builds more muscle and burns more fat. Um, I don't want to have insulin resistance, but if I'm chronically under eating and super inconsistent with the way that I'm eating, I'm more likely to create an environment of cortisol irregularities and insulin resistance. Um, And then in terms of sex hormones, that's going to be uh, kind of show up in like low sex drive, lack of focus. Um, You know, you kind of notice that you just you don't have that extra gear that you normally have in the gym, low energy fatigue. So we start to see these red flags pop up, which is a telltale sign that you're kind of creating this environment that's more geared towards fat storage than fat burning. Um, another thing is the actual quality of the food. So if I am eating a very poor quality diet, 
highly processed, not a lot of veggies, um, not a lot of protein, and it's just kind of a high processed, you know, really poor quality diet. Um, I'm also creating an environment that is more prone to fat storage because of the uh, gut health implications, because of inflammation, because of the, again, hormonal balance that we're creating in the body. So if our, you know, we kind of end up in this position where uh, through inflammation, through digestive issues, uh, through kind of the hormonal output that you're, you're signaling due to food quality, it's easier to store body fat. Um, and it also has an impact on how much energy output is going to happen. I've referenced this study a, a number of times, but just to put it out there one more time, um, there was a study where two groups ate the same amount of macros and calories. One was considered to be a highly processed diet. One was considered to be a quote unquote uh, clean diet for, for lack of a better word. And the highly processed diet um, actually burned 50% less calories burned. So that has nothing to do with the food consumption that has to do with their energy output. Then there was another study done by Dr. Kevin Hall, where they had the meals equated with calories and macros. So anytime I wanted to eat a meal, it would be the same calories and macros as this other group that was eating the ultra processed diet meal. So there was a quality meal and then there was a ultra processed meal and they let the individuals pick how much they wanted to eat. So you didn't have any limit on the amount of food. It was just eat till you're full. And if you want more, you can have another meal. It'll be the same calorie and macro output. Um, and what happened was the ultra processed diet, even though each meal was equated from calories and from a calorie and macro standpoint, the ultra processed group gained body fat and ate a lot more. Whereas the quality nutritionist group, um, actually lost body fat and ate a lot less. So it actually impacts things on both sides of the equation when it comes to food quality. Now, that doesn't mean that you should only eat you know, high quality whole foods, but most of your food choices should be high quality. Um, there are times like what I did this past weekend where you just want to enjoy yourself and, and it shouldn't really be an issue. You don't have to think twice about it. I didn't, but I come right back into my routine. I normally feel better when I'm eating more vegetables and more protein and more quality foods. So I naturally fall back into that. Um, so that's the second thing. The amount of calories matter, how you structure those calories and also the quality and types of foods that you're picking make a difference. The other thing that leads to more fat storage is poor sleep. So I talked about this for myself. Um, the weekend definitely didn't come with a lot of sleep. Uh, we could do a whole podcast episode on sleep, and I'm sure it would be super interesting, but I'm just going to list the big ones that we know from research. Lack of sleep leads to an increase in ghrelin, which is our hunger hormone, a, de a decrease in leptin, which is our satiety hormone, a decrease in sex hormones. Um, essentially, we're creating an environment, and it also leads to an increase in cortisol and can lead to insulin resistance. Again, think about the hormonal equation that we're, you know, we're putting out there. It's like you're creating an environment where your willpower is going to be lower, your hunger is going to be higher, your satiety is going to be lower, um, your your you know focus and mental clarity is going to be lower. All of these things lead to a lot of bad decisions. That's basically what it comes down to. You're going to have less control. You're going to make worse choices. You are more prone. You know, just you're creating this environment that's more prone 
for storage. Now, I know there are some people that are going to say, but I work night shift or I don't have that much control over my sleep. And I totally understand that. We have a lot of clients that work night shift to work overnights. And, and admittedly, it does make it a little bit more difficult. That doesn't mean that you should just say, oh, well, because I have this situation, um, this doesn't apply to me. Every, you know, I always use the, the saying that one is better than, than nothing. So if you're getting five hours of night and you can somehow get six, that's great. Or if you can improve the quality of the sleep, if even if you can't improve how much sleep you're getting, or if we can Im- just improve the wind down routine so that it's more stress reducing versus somebody, let's say you are, um, you only, for whatever reason, you can only get six hours of sleep. But before you go to bed, you're like exposing yourself to all these blue lights, you're stressed out, you're, you know, your brain is racing, you're doing all these things that keep your um, sympathetic nervous system activated. Well, if we can shift gears and focus on calming you down before bed, even if the amount of hours doesn't change, you're still going to be doing your body a favor by creating more parasympathetic activity, more calming activity. So that is an important thing to talk about. Sleep matters. Um, It doesn't make it impossible if you work overnights, if you work night shift, Um, It just means we have to be more considerate of all the other variables like nutrition, like training, um, you know, like other lifestyle protocols, recovery, that sort of thing. So that's where I'm going to leave it. Um, Do the best you can with it. Create a wind down routine. If you can't impact the duration, impact the quality. And as a quick plug, um, we will be having literally the best sleep product ever created in my humble opinion. Um, I've tried a lot of them. Uh, Limitless PM will be available to everybody very soon. And honestly, um, wait till you experience it for yourself. The reviews are absolutely amazing. So that will be dropping soon, which will definitely help. Um, And when it comes to fat storage, we also have to talk about training because just like chronically under eating can create an environment where you are more prone to storing while well, chronically overworking yourself through training high intensity with no recovery. Um, that can lead to a fat storage environment. Now, again, it's for all of the same reasons. If you are chronically stressed and you're not allowing for proper adaptation to occur, then you're going to be creating this hormonal environment that is prone to fat storage. Now, if you are, and again, when we combine these factors, like think about if you're not sleeping well, and then you cut more sleep to go train with super high intensity at like four in the morning, just because you're like, well, I got to get my workout in. I only slept four hours, but you know, no days off. We got to, you know, go beast this workout. And you're like crossfitting for 90 minutes, or you're doing this high intensity orange theory class or whatever it is. You are just creating more stress on top of stress. So once again, increasing cortisol, you know, insulin resistance, low sex hormones, uh, low thyroid output, like all of these things create the environment of a metabolism that says, let's put on some body fat to keep us alive. Like that is essentially the signal that you're sending. So I would say that anytime you're struggling with that decision, you always have to think about the big picture. Like what is that 90 minute workout or that 60 minute workout really going to do for you? Whereas the extra hour or two of sleep is going to do a lot. Now, don't make it a habit of always skipping your workout for more sleep. 
we have to, again, zoom out, think about the big picture, but it always comes down to this uh, balance of stress, inputs and outputs, you know, kind of recovering from stress. And then also um, being able to realize that there are positive stressors like training, as long as we can recover from them. So if you are training with too much intensity, too frequently, you're never taking days off, you're overdoing it with cardio, um, then you are creating an environment of fat storage. So uh, especially too much cardio because cardio will be more, um, it will create this efficiency with calories. It will potentially uh, create an environment where you lose muscle mass. So you're losing out on some really advantageous things that then make it more prone for you to store body fat. And most people ask me like, well, how much is too much? This is individual dependent. Um, ultimately, we want to look at your biofeedback and see, are there any red flags? Are you struggling to recover? Do you have fatigue? Do you have low energy, low sex drive? Um, you know, what's going on with your cycle? Usually there's some telltale signs, especially with women, when you have these like cycle irregularities, your body's trying to preserve energy. And your cycle is a very energy expensive process. So it's like, well, let's cut this off and, and, and save that energy, basically. Uh, the same reason why you see people get sick more frequently when they're dieting or when they're overtraining. It's because your body, when it's under stress, depresses your immune system because that's an energy costly process. So it wants to preserve energy, aka store body fat. So like the minute that you get more calories in, your body's like, great. Now let's pack this on as fat and save it for later. So all fat is, is stored energy. That's all it is. It's just dormant stored energy. Um, so if we think about the signal that we're sending, it becomes a lot more apparent. What is you know the, the environment that we're creating? Um, because I've been talking about hormones, I think it's worth mentioning that there are certain things that happen during uh, perimenopause with women where we see kind of this like decrease in progesterone which then causes um, irregularities in estrogen. Estrogen will fluctuate, go high and low, and then we'll see increase in testosterone. Sometimes testosterone goes a little bit higher than normal. Um, we see those hormones impacting cortisol and insulin, which can impact body fat distribution. So you might notice that you're storing a little bit more in the middle, um, in your belly area, hips, that sort of thing. Uh, that's you know common. And again, all it comes down to is being more aware of stress and doing lower intensity activities like walking or like slow strength training, where it's just kind of more bodybuilding style, where you're not killing yourself all day, every day, uh, making sure that you are getting better sleep, making sure that your food quality is better, that you are you know, eating balanced meals to keep blood sugar stable. Um, so when you think about the hormonal considerations, Essentially, we just want to be aware of the environment that we're in, right? If it's you know a situation with perimenopause, we'll see some symptoms, and then we can start to make some practical um, some practical recommendations in terms of managing stress, lower intensity activities, adequate sleep, proper nutrition, food quality, all those things. So, had to mention that just because I feel like I kept talking about the the hormonal environment, but that's really what it comes down to, right? We need to understand that. Uh, and there's, there's always going to be some red flags that we can look for when it comes to biofeedback that, that really tell us everything we need to know. Uh, so to kind of recap, um, and then I'm going to put the stamp on it with the last thing, but 
We've got the amount of food that you're eating and the consistency and the structure of how you're eating that, right? We don't want these big waves of really low calorie and then really high calorie uh, unless it is part of a well-structured plan, but most of the time it's not. We don't want to be chronically under-eating or chronically overeating. Uh, we want to prioritize high-quality foods. We want to make sure we're getting enough sleep. We don't want to be over-training or training with too much intensity too frequently or overdoing cardio. Uh, we want to understand the hormonal environment that we're dealing with. And then um, I think I mentioned adequate sleep, but also stress is the last one. Uh, so all of these things come back to the stress environment and it doesn't matter where that stress is coming from. So the last thing when it comes to being a fat storage machine is if you are dealing with chronic stress from any source, you are creating an environment for fat storage. doesn't matter where it's coming from. doesn't matter if it's work, personal life, training, nutrition, sleep, anything. All stress is created equal. Your body perceives it as a threat and it acts accordingly. If that stress is not managed, if you are not dealing with it, if it is continuously getting worse, you are creating an environment for fat storage. Again, the same reasons that I keep coming back to, it's the, the hormonal concoction that you're creating in your body. Uh, it just makes sense. If, you are, if you're craving foods more often and you're hungry more often, if your mood is, is all over the place, uh, if you are cranky more often, if you are um, you know, having these, these stress hormones that are high in terms of cortisol and other corticosteroids, if you are insulin resistant, if you are you know, feeling like no sex drive, you, you just your sex hormones are, are lower, your thyroid is lower, so aka your metabolism is slower, all of these things are not a good sign. When it comes to fat storage, that means you're more likely to store the excess energy that you're consuming. So hopefully that kind of explains why it all circles back to stress and why that's one of those things that we talk about all the time, but not many people grasp that, that idea. Um, you know, one of the things that is so important that is often overlooked is we look at your, your personality type because that is a key component when it comes to understanding those food choices the meal structure, the meal composition, meal timing, um, you know, what's going to make you more consistent, how to create more mood stability, how to create more consistent energy, um, all of these things, right? And I did a whole episode on this, so I don't want to go through it again, but it, it matters. And so many people, so many programs and coaching companies just skip that altogether. It's like, you're, you're missing a fundamental truth that can help exponentially. Um, so, that's going to be my segue into how to be a fat burner. So the most important thing when it comes to burning fat is we want your metabolism to work really well. Uh, it all comes down to our metabolisms are adaptive and reactive. So let's send the signal that we're prioritizing muscle and we want to get rid of fat. So how do we do that? First and foremost, we eat enough calories consistently without these massive waves of super high and super low. So that doesn't mean that you can't have higher days and lower days. I'm talking about extremes that don't work well. If you have higher calorie days and lower calorie days, that's great. That can actually be a good thing. I love implementing refeed days at maintenance or a slight surplus or diet breaks altogether. Those are super effective. 
What's not effective is restricting really hard and then binging, um, which is you know, oftentimes what happens. Uh, again, I'm talking from personal experience, so don't feel badly if that's you. There is a way out of that. Um, so first of all, we want to eat adequately. We want to eat enough calories um, and we want to eat in a way that's consistent. So if um, I'm looking at my maintenance calories, if I want to be a fat burner, I want to be more in line with pretty close to maintenance and, and a slight deficit, which will you know obviously create the fat burning result, but not sacrifice the hormonal environment by eating too low. Okay. So that's number one is if I'm eating enough, but slightly under maintenance and I'm not super restrictive, then I'm prioritizing fat burning. Now I have to make sure that I'm getting enough protein. So if I want to be a fat burner, getting in enough protein is important because it's sending the signal, first of all, that I want to keep my muscles because our muscles are made up of protein, amino acids from protein. That is what our muscles are made of. So if I want to burn body fat, I want to tell my body, hey, this muscle that we have, we're using it, right? Protein can do that. Then the other thing that can do that is strength training, actually physically using those muscles. But I want to talk about protein for a quick second it also has the highest thermic effect of any food. So by eating more protein, I'm actually burning more calories by digesting and assimilating the nutrients. So just something to be aware of if we're talking about gaining every little advantage that we can, Having eating enough protein is super important. Eating enough calories is important because of the hormonal environment, right? If I'm too restrictive, it creates a poor hormonal environment for burning fat. It turns us into a fat storer, not a fat burner. If we eat enough, it helps with the hormonal environment. Then if we eat enough protein, it helps us burn more calories through the digestive process and maintain our muscle mass. That sounds like a win-win to me. Along those same lines, we can get that effect from fiber. Eating enough fiber also helps us burn more calories through the digestive process because fiber is the second most thermogenic um, food that we eat. So protein, fiber, if we're checking those boxes, we are actually going to burn more calories through the digestive process. Now, food quality in general. So fiber, obviously you can get fiber from vegetables, from fruit, uh, from you know beans, legumes, grains, oats, uh, you know, avocado. All of these things have fiber. But then when we just talk about food quality in general, again, Remember, I talked about if you want to store a lot of fat, eat a really poor quality diet because of the inflammation, gut health issues, uh, and again, the hormonal environment it's creating. So if I eat, on the flip side, a high quality diet, I'm not only going to burn more calories throughout the day, but I'm also going to create a more positive hormonal environment, more satiety, less hunger, more mood stability, more blood sugar stability. All of these things are important. Um, if I want to be more insulin sensitive to improve body composition, well, having well-balanced meals is a great way to do that. What impacts you know, high you know, uh, blood sugar irregularities is if I'm like pumping in a whole bunch of carbs with nothing else, right? No protein, no fats, no fiber, just like all carbs. I get these huge spikes and these huge crashes. Um, something that I did not talk about on the fat storage side, but I should have, and I'm going to mention it in a little bit is alcohol. So by not, not drinking too much, 
then I'm going to be more of a fat burner. Because if I cut down on the amount of alcohol that I'm consuming, I am allowed. So first of all, alcohol slows down your metabolism in the short term. It also impacts your sex hormones. It also impacts your neurotransmitters. Um, it, mainly GABA. Anytime you drink, you're basically depleting GABA, which is important for recovery. So again, puts you more into a stress mode, um, which ultimately you will begin craving more carbs because your body's relying so much on serotonin to calm you down. And then carbs increase serotonin. So as you're depleting serotonin, your body's craving more and more carbs. And that's why we crave them. Um, so I should have mentioned on the fat store side, alcohol, it also um, lowers your sex hormones. Again, same type of stuff hormonal environment that's being created. Um, so back to the food quality conversation and alcohol kind of fits into the quality situation. Like again, moderation is key. We have to be aware of what it's doing, but if we're eating mostly high quality foods, drinking enough water, um, having alcohol on occasion, isn't a big deal. I drank a lot this past weekend, totally fine. That's not my norm. It happens every once in a while, but uh, for me, I like to enjoy a drink or two every week. Um, and then on the occasions like this past weekend, I consume a little bit more, totally fine. But for the most part, if you're trying to lose body fat, um, alcohol is not your best friend. It's something that needs to be, we have to just have awareness around it and the impact that it has. So food quality is super important for not only burning more calories throughout the day, but also for the positive hormonal environment that it creates, um, especially when it comes to gut health uh, and lowering inflammation and keeping blood sugar stable. So so we've got eating enough calories, we've got eating enough protein, we've got eating enough fiber, we've got eating quality foods overall, reducing alcohol. Then we have to talk about strength training because remember, we want to send the signal that we're using our muscles. So if I lift weights, if I do any kind of resistance training, then I'm sending the signal like, hey, we are using these muscles. Don't get rid of them. We need them. They're here to stay. Right. And muscle burns more calories at rest than fat. So we are increasing, boosting our metabolic rate. It's one of the best ways to increase your metabolism is to get stronger and to actually build muscle. It is one of the best tools. If you want to burn more fat at rest doing nothing, then you want to lift some weights. Um, I don't need to go into too much detail about that. There was a whole episode that I did about strength training versus cardio and the difference. So you can always go back and listen to that. But all you have to know is that, again, I'm going to bring everything back to hormones um, just to help you understand when we consider these things, why we consider them. Um, strength training in, increases insulin sensitivity, super important for body composition. Uh, strength training sends the signal that you're keeping your muscles, increases sex hormones. So Again, all the stuff that we start to notice from a mood standpoint, uh, from a sense of well-being standpoint, and then from uh, a, a stress versus, uh, you know, just looking at cortisol, looking at insulin sensitivity, strength training is important. Now, strength training does increase cortisol in the short term, but as long as we're recovering properly, it is a positive thing. So nothing to worry about there if you're not overdoing it. The dose is always what matters most. So in line with strength training, walking, low intensity activities like walking will absolutely help you be more of a fat burner. One of the best tools in the toolbox that nobody talks about how important it is or not enough anyway. Everybody knows like walking's good for you, you should walk, but not many people know just how beneficial it is. One of the only activities that we can do 
that simultaneously lowers cortisol and increases insulin sensitivity. There's really not much else that can do that at the same time. Um, pretty impressive stuff. It actually helps you burn more calories without needing more recovery. So when I train and then I keep training more, my recovery debt goes up. I need to recover more um, based off of how much training I'm doing. Where walking, there's no recovery debt. Now, of course, you can take anything too far, even something like walking. You can die from drinking too much water, right? Like you can take anything too far. However, walking is one of those things that just has such a great return on investment in terms of just taking the time and doing it and putting little measures in place in your life that allow you to walk more, like park further away, take the stairs. Um, I know that I always look for little ways that I can just walk. I never take the escalator. Uh, when I was going through the airport this weekend, I never used those little standing moving. I don't even know what they're called, but you know what I'm talking about where you, you stand on the thing and it just takes you there. No, I'm going to walk next to the thing and, and I'm still going to get there before everybody else who's standing on the thing. Um, I actually don't know what those things are called, but they're like basically an escalator, but a flat escalator. So um the moving walkway. I think that's what it is. <laughs> anyway, um, so walking, one of the best things that we can do, help you become a fat burner, also creates a better hormonal environment. Um, so obviously, if we're looking at the flip side of the fat storage, well, sleep, get enough sleep, get adequate sleep, get quality sleep, prioritize as much as possible, have a solid wind down routine. Um, the other thing that like needs to be hammered home is stress because in order for fat burning to happen and your body has to, to feel comfortable letting go of body fat, it has to feel safe in the environment. Because remember, having a protective layer of fat, like it can save you. And that's kind of like the perception. Your body only cares about survival. So if there were a famine, having more body fat would be a positive thing because you could survive longer. Also, having stored energy might come in handy if you need it, right? So if you are creating this environment where there's no recovery, right? There's never any recovery. It's just this constant state of stress. Your body is going to hold on to body fat to protect you. In order to send the signal that everything's okay, we need more parasympathetic activities. We need more rest and digest mode. We need more recovery. We need more low intensity activities. All of these things you know, there, there's individual variants as far as what you enjoy doing or what those activities would look like. Some people really like yoga and stretching. Other people don't. Some people do like walking more than others. Some people like uh, journaling or meditating. Some people don't. You, you find the calming activities that work well for you because again, recovery from stress at the end of the day is going to send the signal that everything is safe, that your body is can comfortably let go of unwanted body fat. You have to create the proper environment hormonally, but also just think about it from, from a tr uh, stress perspective. If you don't want to get in the weeds about like what hormones are affecting what, um, then just think about it from this perspective. I need to have more de-stressing activities than activities that stress me out. Now, it's not going to be a perfect balance, but if you just think in terms of that, then you'll be setting yourself up for success. Um, the other thing that we look at, like I mentioned, is your particular brain chemistry, which we learn from your personality. Uh, we do a personality assessment. We understand what your brain chemistry looks like. The reason why that matters is because it can help us overcome stress. If we know that certain foods will work better for you, 
Like you're somebody who should be eating higher carb versus lower carb, or you're somebody who should be eating, um, you know, a certain macro ratio or macro split, or you're somebody who does really well with more variety versus structure. Uh, all of these things can help reduce stress. If you take somebody whose nature is one way and you force them into a plan that's, that's against their nature, that creates mental stress. People don't like going against their nature. It's like if you take an introvert and you make them talk in front of a bunch of people and make them really uncomfortable and like, you know, force them to be extroverted, that creates a stress. Going against your nature creates a stress. So that's why understanding your personality type is such a huge fundamental piece of the equation. It gives you so much valuable information to work with in terms of stress reduction, mood stability, feeling more like yourself. And again, if we can do all those things, we're more likely to burn body fat. It's just as simple as that. So um, I think we covered a lot of ground here in terms of what makes you more of a fat store versus a fat burner. But I always like to just kind of wrap up with a simple overview. Think about the signal that you're sending to your body. If you're chronically under eating, your metabolism will get slower. If you are inconsistent and doing extremes on either end, you are creating a hormonal environment that is more prone to store body fat. So keep it simple. Eat enough calories, right? Eat in a small deficit, eat enough protein, eat mostly quality foods, get in your protein and fiber, drink enough water, go for more walks, lift some weights, manage stress and prioritize sleep. And you are good to go when it comes to burning body fat. So um, honestly, this is something that we've kind of mastered in terms of making it as effortless as possible based off of individual personality type, uh, you know, with your lifestyle, with your training, all these things play a role. We kind of go through this like six step process with, with every client that we work with. Um, we have a one-on-one -on -one coaching program. It's six months long. It is the most effective program that I've ever seen. And I have witnessed a lot of different programs in my time. Trust me, not just as a client, but also as a coach. Uh, we just know what we're doing. We've been doing it a long time. It's very effective. Most coaches don't understand how important personality is, how important your neurotype is. That's our step one. We look at, we take a personality assessment. Um, we attach a certain structure, a plan. We give food recommendations based off of that. Based off of that, we then prime your metabolism so that it's going to be you're going to be more of a fat burner versus a fat store. We align your nutrition with your training. Uh, we make sure that you are being monitored in terms of daily stress. Again, coming back to the stress equation, we always have to pay attention to that. It's that's kind of the name of the game. Uh, we make sure that we're building in fun into the plan in terms of when you do want to have a drink, when you do want a restaurant meal, all that is factored into the equation. Um, anyway, it, it is a highly effective process. If you are interested, as always, the best way to learn if this is the right fit for you is to shoot me a message on Facebook or Instagram. You can DM me on Instagram at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner, or you can send me a private message on Facebook. It's just Mike Milner. Either way, the way that the process works is pretty simple. Shoot me a message. Tell me you're interested. I respond back with some qualifying questions to make sure that you're the right fit for us. If you are, then I send you an invite into the program and we get started right away. 
pretty straightforward. Um, you know, if you are trying to get leaner, if you're trying to improve body composition, if you're trying to improve your relationship with food, if you have failed at diets in the past and you feel like nothing has ever worked for you, that is our specialty. Literally, the individual who feels like nothing's ever worked, I don't know why, I, I'm trying to be consistent and I lose weight, I gain it back, or I just can't follow through. That's what we deal with. That is our specialty. So if that sounds like you, just shoot me a message. We'll have a quick chat. Otherwise, I still love you and I will talk to you guys very soon.